Welcome to the Upwards Podcast, an initiative of Upper House on the campus of University of Wisconsin-Madison. Through conversations with thinkers, scholars, and leaders, we explore the life of the mind and the questions of the soul to enrich our university, our community, and the church. Hello, and welcome back to the Upwards Podcast. I'm Dan, your host, and the Director of University Engagement here at Upper House in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the first of a new type of episode we'll be dropping in the feed every once in a while, something we're calling Inside Upper House. These episodes will be casual and relatively shorter conversations among Upper House staff about the ongoings at Upper House, giving you some behind-the-scenes glimpses at the work we're doing here at 365 East Campus Mall when we're not hosting events. So for this first Inside Upper House, we're going to shine a light on one of the projects we've been working on here for almost two years now, the Fellows Program. And I'm joined by my colleagues who work on the Fellows Program, Becca Cooks and Eric Carlson. Hi, Becca. Hello. And hi, Eric. Hey, Dan. All right, guys. So we, uh, three of us, sort of co-lead the Fellows Program here at Upper House. Becca and Eric are co-leading a track of the Fellows Program next year. And Eric is the overall director of the program. Woo-hoo. So, first question, and this is one that we often use as an icebreaker with the fellows at the beginning of meetings. When I say fellows program, what's one word that comes to mind? Do you want to start? Can, you want me can to? we do two words? You can do, uh, yes. The rule was one word, one Eric. Word, well, I was going to say amazing students. How I, I just say superstars. Hey, there we go. That's one <laughs> word. Well, good workaround. <laughs> Superstars, great, uh, amazing students. Yeah. I'd say. What about you, Becca? I honestly, I shouldn't have given Eric a hard time. I was thinking high caliber, and I'm pretty sure that could be hyphenated, so mm. technically one word. But again, in reference to the students, and, and I think also the content that is brought. So teachers, not to brag on us, would be high caliber. But then the students coming, incredibly high caliber, where we're just sitting in our meetings, looking at each other, like, can you believe what they just said? That was brilliant. Why do we get to work with them? They're great. That's great. I guess I my word would be potential, I guess, and take that a bunch of different ways. But um, all right, great. So if you're not familiar with the Fellows Program, you might be wondering what we're talking about. So Eric, can you just run us through what's the Fellows Program? What's the philosophy or thinking behind uh, what we're doing? Yeah, well, the Fellows Program is uh, a program that's designed for um, students at UW, both undergrad students and grad students. Um, that is designed to help them to think about how their faith, their Christian faith and their identity as Christians uh, connects to what they're doing in the classroom and to their fields of study and to how they think about their anticipated future careers. Um, We find that it's easy for students to operate with a mindset that their their Christian faith uh, and their studies and their work and their interests and passions are all in different compartments and separate compartments. And we want to give them some tools for thinking theologically, thinking biblically about how uh, their work and the things that they're passionate about fit into their calling to follow Jesus and into what God is doing uh, in the world. Another thing I think that's notable about the philosophy behind us is that we we believe that uh, we learn best when we're in a group of uh, diverse people, people who have common uh, uh, a common goal to follow Jesus, 
but who are very different from each other. And so we actively invite students of all uh, Christian traditions and denominations to join us. Uh, We're a place for both grad students and for undergrads studying anything uh, that you can study at the University of Wisconsin. Um, And we want us to be a place that's hospitable to people from all backgrounds, races, ethnicities, nationalities, and life experiences. And that's because we believe that God has created this glorious diversity and that we're both challenged and enriched when we spend time together and learn from each other as we try to follow Jesus together. Thanks, Eric. Anything you wanted to add, Becca? Oh, it was very articulate. Well done. I'll just add, I think, on on just on the really practical level, the Fellows Program is something that meets uh, during the semesters uh, here, follow the UW calendar, and we meet every other week on Monday nights. Um, and uh, we've started... Uh, the last year we've been mostly virtual, uh, but in the fall we'll be moving into in-person meeting. So, Becca, you have a passion for mentoring students, and the Fellows Program obviously gives some opportunity for that. How mm-hmm. do you see the Fellows Program uh, enriching students' lives while they're here at UW? Yeah, one of the first things that I had thought of was the diversity of the group, and Eric mm-hmm. has already mentioned that, where um, it's ethnically diverse um, what people are studying. It's academically diverse that way. Um, It's diverse in age to a certain extent, since we have grads, undergrads, and recent grads, um, and diversity in denominations. And so that in itself, the mentorship is almost built into the people attending the program because you are consistently conversing with people who are not in your same mindset necessarily or your same background. And there's a a shared overarching goal, which just makes it very easy for people to come together. But then you get very used to talking with people and considering, oh, well, you, you actually come from a different faith background to a certain extent. So what I just assume we all agree upon isn't the case, but that's okay. We're still having a great conversation. Um, and I think that that ease of conversing with people, especially those who we don't agree with wholeheartedly, um, is something that can be built <laughs> in our generation. So I think, I think mentorship comes in that way. Uh, we're a smaller group setting, so we're going to have three tracks this upcoming year and like 8 to 12 students per track. And so it's just the perfect small group size for a discussion and for us to get to know each other on an individual level. Um, so we're you know following up with, hey, we heard that you applied for this program. How did that go? And you weren't feeling well last week. Are you doing okay? Um, so there's a, definitely an individual connection that happens. Um, we share meals together, and that's just kind of a leveling or um, equalizing factor for all people. All people need food, um, and it really brings people together. So the fact that we have meals at the beginning, that may not seem overtly mentorship, but it really just breaks down walls and allows people to say, yes, we are all coming on this common need to share something good. Um, And so lots of conversation happens that way. Uh, And then the last thing is the conversations that happen even outside of the meetings. So um, mentorship, yes, can happen in the meeting itself via discussion and via the teaching. Um, You're just growing in knowledge, and that's part of mentorship is that you are gaining knowledge. Um, But then we get to play out that knowledge um, or hit on other topics that don't necessarily get to be discussed in the actual fellows program meeting, Mm -hmm. um, but that a leader or another fellow will want to take outside of that meeting. So for example, this year, um, we had a girl start to talk about, okay, I'm trying to discern calling. And so I have questions about how God would interact with that. How do I hear God's voice? And this was a topic that I was interested in. I was already reading a book about it. So I was like, well, let's 
let's just read a book. Would you be interested in doing that with me? And then we can have discussions on the side. And she was all about that. Another girl came up later with the same kind of question. So she hopped in as well. Um, and so there's just a great opportunity to continue the conversation past the program itself. Um, so mentorship gets built that way. That's my long-winded answer. That's great. And it, it strikes me too that um, there's definitely mentorship that um, the leaders are trying to provide, but there's also a lot of mentorship going on between the fellows too as they get to know each other. There's a lot of giving advice, sharing different perspectives, working through big, um, for a lot of uh, fellows, sort of big life questions about what's next uh, after UW, and that's all built in. Very well. much so. And actually, it also came through um, because of our advisory council members. Um, they each took one of our um, fellows meeting times and shared their story and shared a component of calling that was impactful for them or important for them. And the fellows just loved those conversations and um, would later then follow up with these council members um, and ask them, okay, I'm, I'm about to accept this, uh, this program that's overseas. You've lived overseas. How do I handle this well? Um, and so that's, that's been really cool too. It's broadened the network for mentoring. Yeah. Eric, uh, I think people might be interested in how we came up with the program. Mm -hmm. We have an entrepreneurial streak here at Upper House and uh, try a bunch of different things. And so a lot goes into sort of developing a program like this. Tell us about how the program came into being. Well, the idea for a fellows program has been around the Upper House community for quite some time. Uh, I think uh, we, we moved towards it uh, deliberately right, right when you were hired a couple of years ago, Dan, to come in as, as uh, working with university engagement. And you really started this, and I, I came in shortly after that to, to uh, work with you on conceptualizing on um, developing this initial pilot program. And we were aware of similar programs at other universities, uh, at, at different uh, universities in the U.S., and that gave us a lot to think about, how, how we might create a program that was tailored specifically to the UW, uh, to the felt needs that we had, to tap in the expertise that we had in the university community and broader in the broader Madison community. And so in the fall of 2019, we, we uh, then conceptualized, we, we, we formed a council of, of advisors, and then the spring of, 2019, tw spring of 2020, we ran our pilot track, mm -hmm. uh, where we uh, tried out a lot of ideas, we had a great group of students who gave us a lot of feedback that was really helpful for our thinking. Of course, we had to go online in, in March of 2019, so that also gave us some experience of doing, doing the fellows program online, which served us well this past year because we were almost entirely online uh, for, for this year. So that gave us a chance to evaluate, uh, to, to rethink some things, but really to, to home in on what it was that we really wanted to focus on. And, um, and so we ran our first uh, full year uh, program this past year, 2020-2021, mm -hmm. uh, all online with just a remarkable group of, of students. Yeah, and... What happens sort of inside Upper House when we're doing this is just a lot of meetings <laughs> where we're, we're thinking out, um, part of it is doing research on some of these other programs, also doing a lot of sort of, um, you could call it soul searching, but just thinking through what do we want to do here uh, at Upper House and, and how do we want to um, sort of build a program that really um, speaks to our strengths here. Uh, and um, and also will be appealing to the UW uh, student community. So that that work went all through sort of late 2019 and and continues. I mean, it, it never really stopped as we continue to iterate on it. Um, and and the, even the sort of um, 
the structure as we try to sort of build it up and expand it to allow more students to be um, engaged with it is will continue to to change um, as we continue to build it. Yeah, there also seemed to be like we took a survey of what what services, what opportunities, if you will, are offered to students and and where there might be pockets of things missing. Um, And that has helped inform where we go with the tracks as well. And specifically how um, you can look at your vocation and you can look at your calling and and, uh, how your faith will relate to that. That seems to be missing on our campus, at least. So that's right. You're reminding me of that, too, that we um, we're really trying to complement what churches and Mm -hmm. campus ministries are already doing and not Mm -hmm. replicate what they're doing. Um, but offer something different. And yeah. that's sort of playing to the upper house strengths as well. You're right. That was also a much more positive way to put that than what I just did. So that's good. <laughs> so Becca, maybe you can walk us through, you did this a little, but just to, yeah. to make it clear to people. Um, and we'll talk about in the fall. So when, when we do actually have gatherings in person, mm-hmm. um, uh, what, what actually happens um, on a, you know, when, the, when the fellows program meets? So obviously we've been meeting virtually for the past year, but we expect mm-hmm. to be in person again in the fall. Can you just sort of give us a high level view of, of what people can expect um, when they yeah. come here? Yeah. Well, our fellows this year were brave and persistent and they just stuck it out. I was very proud of them um, to come on a call for another hour and a half in the evening after they'd done an entire day of more on screen time. And <laughs> they came engaged, they came excited and energized, they contributed well. So, Thank you to Fellows Class of 2020 for dealing with this year, Um, and we are looking forward to next year and what that will look like. So Lord willing, we will be in person, and um, the first thing is that everyone will come together and we will have that shared meal. We have a giant, um, what we call a grand hall, which is our larger center space, and so that will just be full of tables and food, and everyone from all three tracks will be able to speak with each other. The leaders will be there, Um, so it's just a good time of interaction. We might have some icebreakers. We might not. Just let things flow naturally. We'll see what happens. I'm a fan of icebreakers, but not everybody likes those. Um, And then after we have a meal, we will split off to different rooms within the upper house space, and each person will go to their respective track. So one on vocation and calling, one on science and technology, and then one on biblical theology or the the story of the Bible. And they will have about 70 minutes um, of discussion. Those discussions will likely be led by readings that they have done that previous week. There will typically also be a component of teaching, so the leader will usually impart some knowledge for a part of the time, and then discussion will follow. Great. And then we'll be, um, you know, we will be wrapping up um, probably a, a little over an hour after mm-hmm. uh, people get in their tracks, but then there's the, the after party, we might say, which Woo! is when we just want, well, we'll want people <laughs> well. to, to hang out, have more of those uh, emergent conversations that Becca was and talking dessert. about. And dessert. Don't forget And dessert. dessert. That's right. That, well, that'll be the carrot for, for sticking right. around, for sure. And more icebreakers. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only one part uh, of the night can be icebreaker. Uh, you're, right. you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, Eric, Becca mentioned um, multiple tracks, or another way to think of those are themes with expert teachers in those themes leading the tracks. Can you tell us just a little more, Becca listed them off, but tell us a little more about um, the tracks that we'll be offering for the fall. Yeah, we're super excited about it. And we're super excited that we actually have three. Uh, we've, we've had one up until this point, but we're expanding, uh, as we've said. So uh, Becca and I will be co-leading a track that uh, is called Call to Flourish. Best and, track and, ever. Best track ever. <laughs> yeah. And in this track, uh, we're going to ask some big questions uh, that a lot of students ask, like, 
why am I here? And what am I doing with my life? And does my life have meaning? And how does this fit into what God is doing in the world? And so we are going to uh, be thinking about some of those big questions, uh, thinking about the call to be agents uh, of God in the world, agents of of love and grace and um, of God's justice and peace in the world. We'll be interacting with scripture and with a variety of different authors to think about what it means to be called. And then then we're going to specifically move towards this question of vocation. What is vocation? How does following Jesus as our primary call relate to our calls as students, our calls and and into the careers, professions we might be going into, and to family? And how does that relate to our talents, our passions, our gifts, interests, and so on? Uh, So I anticipate that being a really rich time uh, together. We also uh, are really uh, excited that we have uh, some other experts coming in to, to lead different tracks. Charles Yu, who is uh, the, uh, a, teaching past, a teaching pastor at Blackhawk Church here in Madison, uh, who has his Ph.D. in Hebrew and Semitics from the UW uh, and is a really gifted teacher. Uh, excited that he's going to be leading a track called Reading the Bible as a Story. And the premise of this track is that what we have in Scripture is a great, glorious diversity and variety of different books. But the premise is that there's a there's an underlying story to this, and and how how do we read that and understand that story in a way that impacts us, that's transformative for us, um, and 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 that that then carries over into the rest of our lives. And Charles is very well equipped to do this, and that's going to be a fantastic uh, track. And then finally, uh, we have. Uh, a track called Science, Technology, and Faith. And, and this one also is, is uh, going to be uh, remarkable. It's led by Rachel Hutchinson. Uh, Rachel is a graduate student here at UW in chemistry and has done a lot of thinking about this. She's led groups, including the um, UW Graduate Christian Fellowship Group on Science and Faith. And they're going to be dealing with a whole lot of issues related to the intersection between faith and science. What does it mean to pursue science as a vocation? Um, how do faith and science, um, ways of knowing uh, uh, within theology and faith versus ways of knowing within science, how do they intersect and interact? They'll be dealing with some, some uh, perennial questions like human origins, genetics on human nature, how does God interact with nature, and also some specific questions, uh, ethical questions of, of science and technology like bioethics, um, artificial intelligence, uh, environment and climate science, science literacy. So, uh, so that's that, that's a really exciting track, and that's not just for students who are in the STEM fields. It's it's open to them, and they're warmly invited to come. Mm-hmm. But really, anyone uh, who has questions about the relationship between science and faith and technology are are welcome to, to come to that track. Thanks for going through those, Eric. Is there a reason, um, maybe from the outside? Someone might wonder why why vocation, why um, the story of the Bible, why science and technology. Can you talk anything about the sort of reason why those are the the areas we're leaning into? Yeah, the uh, so these are areas that we think are really important uh, for a lot of different people, a lot of students who are who are thinking about their lives and what they're doing in the classrooms that are not necessarily being addressed by our church communities and by campus campus uh, Christian uh, fellowships. And so we see a, a, there's a need here uh, to, to, to think about these things in, in serious and sustained ways that's informed by theological reflection, that's informed by scripture, mm-hmm. uh, and that helps students to grow in their understanding, 
but also in ways that is that are highly impactful and transformative for them. And uh, and so the question of vocation is one I think that's that's universal to uh, to uh, students and to followers of Jesus. Questions of how you read the Bible uh, are are for all of us uh, uh, really significant. And then particularly for those people who are in the sciences, but really for everyone who is in, living in the modern world. Uh, questions about uh, science, technology, and their ethical implications, I think, are very much live issues in our culture. So, uh, so it's a combination of uh, felt need uh, and and being able to tap the expertise that we have in our community to help students to grow in in these areas. Yeah, and I think that's right. And we're also um, we're really excited for these particular topics. But in the future, we'll be looking to to do even more. Um, we've talked mm-hmm. about. Uh, maybe something with the arts, uh, maybe something with marketplace leaders um, or future marketplace leaders. Mm-hmm. So um, we we have we we're not going to do anything, but there is a there is a sort of big bucket of of topics and disciplines and issues that we think the fellows program can really tackle in in interesting ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, last question to you, Becca. Uh, I know something that excites you is seeing transformation. Yes. in the fellows uh, as a result of the learning and the community that's taking place in the mm-hmm. program. Can you talk about uh, that a bit? What are you hoping fellows sort of um, come away from the program mm-hmm. with, whether they're here for a year or you're hopefully for many of them mo- multiple years, what are you hoping to see happen in, in their lives? Yeah, it's always meaningful for me to see, um, to see the practical application of our faith. So um, I can handle conversations for so long. This is a very personal thing, <laughs> um, but I can handle conversations for a decent amount of time where they are theoretical, where it's really trying to parse out the, the, the intellectual side of things or, okay, do we completely understand what's being said? Great. Um, but then that to me, that only seems like half of the story. If we are not then also asking, okay, but then I got to I gotta live this life every day. How am I going to apply that every day? And um, so I like to see, in my mind, what transformation is, is growing bit by bit in, um, in how to live out what we're learning to, as they say it, to put like shoe leather on some of these concepts and say, okay, um, now that you've learned that... Um, God has a plan for restoring and redeeming this earth. And in fact, he is already in process of that plan. And part of that coming to fruition is you being here and you living into whatever gifts and passions and context God has given you. Um, if that can drive a fellow to feel purposeful in their work, to feel confident in the ways that they have been gifted, um, to see what they're doing as impactful, not only for the people around them, but just for the goodness of the work and vice versa, right? Um, then that feels like a step in the right direction, and I get very excited about that. Um, so, for example, we um, have a fellow this year who is an incredibly gifted artist, like can crank out masterpieces, and she sees it as a really casual thing. She's like, I'm just, I'm really gifted. <laughs> and we're like, yes, you are. We see this. We got to see some of her work. Um, but she just had not really been affirmed that art could be a meaningful thing to do or something that was worthwhile to pursue as her main gig. And I believe she even like got um, an offer at a university to come study for art. And um, she turned it down because she um, believed that there were other things that were probably more worthwhile for her time. And she's incredibly gifted in those areas right now. So she's instead pursuing three other very intense majors, crushing them all. um, So doing really well. 
And I think God will absolutely use that and bless that. Um, but I also wonder, man, what would it, would it have been different if she had some encouragement that, yeah, God really has gifted her in this way, and how can she use that? How can that play out? And she obviously still has the rest of her life to continue to play that out. Um, but I would like I would like the fellows to feel uh, supported and confident in how God has, has gifted them to be. I think God has created us to live in an abundance and a joy, a, a creativity and a shalom that we just haven't fully realized. And so if we can get closer to that, That'd be amazing. Well, a little peek behind the curtain here, too. This is why we work so well together. Becca has such a unique gifting herself in thinking about sort of the individual um, situations of these students and sort of um, what, what, what's happening in each of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Eric and I would be, uh, if we were honest, we're, that's not, our, not as much of our strength, maybe, as, as other parts of the program. <laughs> that's a nice diplomatic way of saying it. Um, so we work well together. That's the key. That's what I'm trying to get across here. We're glad you're on the team back <laughs> yeah, I'm right. so glad to be here. Yes, this is uh, great. <laughs> so thank you both uh, for the conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested in the Fellows Program and learning more about it, uh, or if you know someone who might be interested in it, Head to upperhouse.org slash fellows-program, where uh, a lot of what we talked about is is written out in, in some more detail, and there's also the application page there. And, of course, uh, if you have any comments about today's conversation, you can email us at podcast at slbrownfoundation.org. And remember that if you like the podcast, rate it five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. So this is the first episode of Inside Upper House. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. The Upwards podcast is supported by the Stephen and Laurel Brown Foundation. It is produced at Upper House in Madison, Wisconsin. Music by Micah Bear, audio engineering by Andy Johnson, and graphic design by Madeline Ramsey. Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn with the handle at Upper House UW.